You're about to listen to a message of Foundation of Truth Assembly. May the word you hear bear fruits in your heart now and always. Hallelujah. Glory to Jesus. Glory to Jesus. What a beautiful day it is. Today is the day that the Lord has made. We shall rejoice and be glad in it. Happy and excited to be here. What a wonderful time of praise and worship. Glory to Jesus. We thank you, Lord God, for this morning. We bless your holy name. We thank you, Lord God, because you are at work, both to will and to do of your good pleasure in us. Lord, we pray that your will will be done here today. In the name of Jesus, Lord, I pray that you will speak to every heart. In the name of Jesus, and that you will direct your word to every situation you want to direct it to. In the name of Jesus, including those who are not here live, including those who will listen to this message later, we'll pray, Lord God, that you shall set our hearts on fire for you. In the name of Jesus Christ, we'll pray, Lord God, that we will rise and do what you are calling us to do. In the name of Jesus, blessed be the name of the Lord. In Jesus' mighty name, we'll pray. Glory to Jesus. Hallelujah. Welcome back to another Saturday uh, in our series in February. Our series um, this month is on for Christ's sake. And last week we we started to um, to to look at um, the first topic in for Christ's sake being enrolled. That means we come to Jesus to sign up for uh, for salvation. Just the way you, you you go out there and register. So we say that you you do need to sign up with Jesus for registration. And we mentioned a, a few things. I know many people's hearts are, are just all over the places here now. And um, because it's Valentine's season, uh, th- there's a way that people are losing focus. And they are, they are leaving the things that are important to focus on the things that are not so, so, so key. I want you to pay attention. Today, the Lord wants to speak to us. I want you to pay attention. May we hear him and hear him loud and clear in the name of Jesus Christ. Some things are temporary. Some things are eternal. Uh, a season, an holiday, a, a special day is seasonal. But the word of God is eternal. Salvation is eternal. So these things are weightier and we must give priority to them. In the midst of all that we do this weekend, let's keep Jesus in mind. Because the word of God stands forever. It doesn't bend it because it's a season. Oh, say, oh, this is a season to sin. Let me just give them some leeway. Everybody go out and scatter yourself and mess up. No, no, no. Jesus doesn't do that. We've got to be careful. And I pray that the Lord will protect and cover you in the name of Jesus Christ. He will sanctify and hold you in his righteousness in the name of Jesus Christ. So back to what we were saying. Last week we began with enroll and we said that uh, when you enroll with Jesus, that is you come to Jesus for salvation, is per head. Uh, in my industry we say per capita. So salvation is per head. We do not do bulk registration. We say, oh, let's register all the people in Surulere. To be saved. No, it doesn't work like that. Or all people in so-so-so church are saved. No, 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 it doesn't work like that. All people in so-so-so city are saved. That's not how it works. It's per head. Each person must have an encounter with Jesus. And when we do have such encounter, we established last week that there is a proof of your registration. When you do certain registration, before your card comes out, they give you a slip and say, hold this slip before your card comes out. That is, when we come to Jesus, there is a deposit of the Holy Ghost inside of us to say, this is a guarantee. This is my proof 
that this one now belongs to me. And we have started a journey onto eternal life together. Do you understand? And that Holy Spirit helps us to live the Christian life. So it's not about keeping rules or following rules, the do's and don'ts. But the Spirit that lives inside of us, the Holy Spirit, will not lead us to sin against God. Why it may lead us even into temptation, but with the temptation will provide a way. Because the Holy Spirit, remember in Matthew chapter 4, led the, uh, the Lord himself into the wilderness to be tempted of the devil. But it was not an excuse for him to sin. The issue is not temptation, it's what you do with the temptation. So for instance, this weekend is a weekend of temptation. A lot of activities will be going on Saturday, Sunday, tomorrow being valentine a lot of activities so the atmosphere is tempting it's full of temptation for young people for young christians who are trying to live a godly life live a holy life live soberly and righteously in this generation there is a lot of temptation in the air but in spite of the temptation the holy spirit will not lead you to commit sin that's what we are saying so in the midst of all that it gives us ability to live that kind of life that is worthy of the gospel as we read earlier Perhaps we should just read again from the book of uh, Philippians chapter 1 from verse 27. It says, only let your conduct be worthy of the gospel of Christ. So that whether I come and see you or I'm absent, I may hear of your affairs that you stand fast in one spirit, with one mind, striving together for the faith of the gospel. It takes striving for the faith of the gospel and not in any way terrified by your adversaries, which is to them a proof of perdition, but to you of salvation, and that from God. For to you it has been granted on behalf of Christ, not only to believe in him, but also to suffer for his sake. So this is what the gospel is about. And we also said that God keeps a record of those who are born into that kingdom, into Zion. That God keeps a record. And he who keeps the record can update the record. Updating means he can add, he can delete. Hello? He said that by himself in the book of Revelations, when he was speaking, he was speaking to an angel of the church in Revelation chapter 3. Angel of the church means a bishop, a provincial bishop in charge of a terrain, a territory. A territory, not just uh, one small pastor like me, you know, in one corner. No, he was speaking to a big bishop in charge of an area. And he was telling him, he said, see, those who do not overcome, I will blot their names from the book of life. Those who overcome, I will not. Will not mean that I can, but I will choose not to. If you meet this condition, meaning if you stay to the end and overcome, those who stand firm to the end shall be saved. Do you understand? So we are saying that don't don't jump into the boat and say, well, I've given my life to Christ. That's all. Let's go to city and party. Party after party. No, 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 no. That's not how it works in the kingdom. Your coming to Jesus in salvation is the first, not the last step. And it's the beginning of a journey. It's the beginning of a journey. Because in our family, this special family, you have come to join. The family of those who have declared that Jesus is not just their Savior, but is their Lord. That is, Lord and Master. We cannot but live the way He has recommended for us. Remember, He is the author and finisher of our faith. So the lifestyle of Jesus must be our lifestyle. The outlook of Jesus must be our outlook. What Jesus will do should be what we will do. What Jesus will not do should be what we will not do. So it's not a matter of keeping rules. It's a matter of following your leader. Hmm? He is in front. He is our leader. The author and finisher of our faith. So he is our pattern. He is our example. We follow him. That's why Paul was saying, follow me as I follow Christ. 
So there is somebody in front of us. We've got to be like him. Do you understand? So this, this was what we laid last week. But having, having enrolled, having become a member of the family, having started the journey, is that the end? What next? What next? So there are many, 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 many things that we need to do on earth. That's why it didn't take us away. Immediately we gave our lives to him. You know, the moment we came and enrolled, it just, okay, thank God you have been saved now. Boom! Taken to heaven. No. He left us here. There must be a reason. One of the reasons he left us here is to testify. Hello? Is to do what? To testify about our journey with him to others. And this is what I want to dedicate today to address. So, you've been seeing um, the flyer and you've been hearing me talk about testify, testify today. What does it really mean? To testify. Oh, that verb, I went to Google it up. I checked in the dictionary. I saw two meanings, and these are very important for me to highlight here. First meaning I saw about the verb testify means to give evidence as a witness in a law court. To give evidence as a witness in a law court. Or it says to be the evidence or proof that something exists or is the case. So testifying essentially means that you are stepping forward as an eyewitness. I was there when so, 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 and so happened. Therefore, I am lending my voice to corroborate the story. Or I am lending my voice to say this situation is not as painted. Because I was there and I saw what happened. So, essentially, to testify means that you are coming to speak based on what you have seen. Or handled. Or heard. Number two is saying that sometimes it's not about you doing the talking. It's about presenting yourself as the proof. As the proof. So if we say this testifies to the fact that the color white is white. You are giving something to substantiate a case. So our lives as Christians is very similar. There is a cult of public opinion. About what is right and what is not right. About who is Jesus and who is not Jesus. And because the Bible told us that in the last days, there will be many who will come out there and say they are even Jesus Christ. Misrepresenting him. So there needs to be some people who will come into that court of public opinion. And say, no, no, no. I don't know about the kind of Jesus you are speaking about. But the kind of Jesus that I met, the kind of Jesus that changed my life. This is he. This is the kind of Jesus that we are talking about. This is who Jesus is. This is what his plans are for those who follow him. So there must be people in that court of public opinion, the court of social media, the court of education, the court of religion, the court of business, the court of sports and entertainment. Those who will go out there and testify and say, once I was blind, but now I see. My life has been transformed because I met this Jesus. I used to be a sinner. I used to do this. I used to do that. I was this kind of person. But he changed my story. And today I'm different because I met him. You are making a testimony. You are testifying. Or at other times, as we saw in the second minute, it's not even about what you say. It's who you represent. It's what you represent. So our lives actually do testify. That's what... Uh, that meaning is saying but our our focus today is not to use the dictionary as basis for teaching 
it's just for understanding the context the word of god is our basis and that's exactly what we are going to do turn your bibles with me to the book of john chapter 4 i'm going to read about a woman who testified in the book of john chapter 4 you remember when jesus uh was going to galilee and he needed to pass through samaria because he was coming from the Judean province. If you understand the map of the place, you, you, you see why that is the case with that geographical movement. So the Bible said he needed to pass through Samaria. So he passed through a certain city of the uh, Samaria it's called Sychar. And while he was there, his disciples had gone to town to buy uh, food. The Bible said Jesus was at the well, at the well of Jacob that he gave to his son Joseph. All right, fine. There was a woman there. We know the story all too well. There was a woman there who came to fetch water around the sixth hour like 12 o'clock last like 12 noon if you translate that to our normal time now so she came there to look for water and jesus there tested said woman please could you give me some water and we're like really excuse me doll you you a jew talking to me a samaritan woman really you guys don't have dealings with us we know how the old story went and jesus you know spoke to her and jesus uh ministered to her jesus was asking her oh go call your husband I say well i don't have a husband I say yes you're right you don't have a husband in fact you're married to five and even the one you're with it's not your husband I'm like it's like this man is a prophet and jesus began to converse with her converse with her at some point she she realized because she actually asked he's like um they say the messiah is coming you know um, so, do you happen to, to know about this Messiah? And Jesus told her, I said, that Messiah, I'm he. So, wow. So, that's the background to the story. If I'm going to read, I'll just try to summarize so that I won't have to read everything. I'm going to read from verse 28. Um, if I read from verse 28. Then, the woman then left her water pot, went away into the city, and said to the men, come. See a man who told me all things that I ever did. Could this be the Christ? Then she went out of the city. Then they went out of the city and came to him. In the meantime, disciples, blah, blah, blah. I'm not reading all that. Let me go to 39. I'm reading 39 to 42 of the same uh, chapter. The Bible says in verse 39, And many of the Samaritans of that city believed in him because of the word of the woman who testified he told me all that i ever did so when the samaritans had come to him they asked him to stay with them and he stayed there two days and many more believed because of his own word then they said to the woman now we believe not because of what you said for we ourselves have heard him and we know that this is indeed the christ the savior of the world did you notice a lot of things in that story? This, this very short passage I just read is loaded. Very loaded. Do you, did you notice when the Bible said uh, in verse um, 28 that the woman then left her water pot? Hello? I thought the woman came to the well to fetch water in the afternoon because she needed water. But by reason of the encounter, she dropped her own personal priority, which could have been urgent. I don't know what social needs drove her to come to the well in the afternoon. Normally, you would expect many women would go to the well in the morning, you know, quickly do their things and do their chores. Maybe she was avoiding somebody. I don't know. She came in the afternoon. This was a stigmatized woman. A woman who could be under public ridicule. Oh, she's got so many husbands. She's just moving from one house to another. 
So she left her own water pot. The main reason that brought her there. She prioritized sharing the gospel, testifying. Many of us have our own water pots today too. We have those things that are driving us. Those things that we, we consider important. And they are important. We consider them necessary. And they are necessary. But as a result of coming to Christ, we have deprioritized them for the urgency of the kingdom. Because the master's work cannot wait. The woman left her water pot there and ran into the city. Why? That work was important to her. The Bible says she went into the city. The people that need to hear what we are speaking, they are not really in churches. And that's one of the things that I've seen with us. We focus so much on those in the churches that we leave those who are on the streets. The people who needed to hear the message were not around the world. They're in the city. So the woman understood that and ran into the city. We've got to take the message out. We've got to take the message of our encounters with Jesus. We've got to take it out to the street. Those people we need to reach are on the street. On the streets of social media, for instance, because that's a very big street. On the streets, physically, around our neighborhoods, in our schools, in our places of business, there are a lot of people who have not met Jesus. It is our duty to go out and meet them and tell them about our encounters with the Savior. One, one other thing I noticed there. The Bible says, the woman spoke to the men. You know, if I was this woman, I'd be a bit careful. Knowing the kind of person that, that, that I am, you know, I've not really been very good at keeping my marriage. I, I've, been, I've been jumping from one man to another. I, I'm not being, um, I don't know what the circumstances are, but the reality was that they were counting men for her. So if I was going to talk to people, I'll probably look for people that are less likely to judge me. Not men, but she went out to men. So what is this telling us? That when it comes to the message of the gospel, don't look down on yourself or say, oh, this kind of people will not listen to me. They will judge me. Oh, she took the message out to the people she met. She went to the city. She saw men. She, she told the, the same message to men. She didn't say, oh, I'm afraid because my life is so messed up. These people are going to judge me. So I should not do it. She went out and looked for people, any person on the road, men or women, whoever they were, and told them, I think I have met somebody that is special. It could be the Christ. It could be the Christ. Ah, very important. Have you also observed? The Bible says she was asking them as she was telling them, could this be the Christ? Boss. Hello? Don't say I told you. Meaning that at the time that she went to preach, to testify, she didn't have all the answers. Hello? Read your Bible. The Bible says, um, that same John chapter 4 yeah so verse 29 say come see a man who told me all things I ever did could this be the Christ she still had questions <laughs> she had questions many of us are waiting until the time that you know the whole of the Bible before you go and testify we are waiting until our lives are so perfect we are spotless without wrinkle without blemish before we will testify if that's what you are waiting for you will wait forever because you are not going to be able to testify. This woman still had questions. 
There were things she didn't know about Jesus. There were things she was not sure of about Jesus. But the little she has had, she ran to market with it. She went to town with the little she has experienced. And said, I may not know everything. But he has told me things about myself that no other person could have known if it wasn't someone special. And because of that, it's it, it worth telling all that some. And as, as she went out, you will see later, the Bible says some believed her. Immediately she told them, they believed her. He said some other people did not. They were seekers. They were seeking to know the Christ. He said, okay, don't worry. Even though you are in doubt too, we have our doubts. We will follow you. And there are many people like that who come to churches. They have not believed. And that's why we should be quick not to judge. You enter a church, you see some people, they dress one way, they talk one way, you know, they look one way, and you are quick to judge them. Eh? And that one says he's in the church. Eh? My brother, they are seekers. They want to come and find out what you, the mature Jim Jim, Holy Spirit, tongue-talking brother, have seen over the years. They have come to check if those things are true. So the Bible says those Sam- Samaritans, they came. Some of them believed up front when she told them. Some others did not believe. They just came and sat down there. The Bible says they asked Jesus to, to, to stay with them for two days. So they spent more time with Jesus, two more days. During the encounter, they heard from him himself. And they became believers. They believed. And I said, yes, now we believe not just because of what Madame told us, but because of what we have encountered by ourselves. Do you understand? So please give the seekers time. As they try to grow, as they try to have an encounter, give them time. Don't be quick to judge them just because they are sitting in church. They have not yet believed. They have come to seek. May they find Jesus as they come to our churches. May they find Jesus as they come to our meetings. May they find Jesus as they interact with us. In the name of Jesus Christ. So we have a duty to reach the world for Christ. We do. There's another man uh, in Mark chapter... 5, Mark chapter 5, you know the story all too well, the man uh, who was in the city of the Gadarenes, the Bible says that man was so much demon possessed, there were a legion, a legion of spirits living inside of him, you know, and, and as they saw Jesus, they ran to him, knelt down and worshipped him and said, please master, don't send us out, we love this country, <laughs> when I read that place in my Bible <laughs> a long time ago, <laughs> and I, I, I didn't have to think about that again, the Bible says they love that country. I don't know which demons love our country. Some things have refused to change. The Bible says they love that country and they begged him, Lord, Master, don't chase us out of this country. Okay, a quick diversion. Verse 10. Um, okay, I'll read from verse 8. For he said to them, Come, Mark, I'm reading Mark chapter 5. Mark chapter 5 from verse 8. For he said to him, Come out of the man, unclean spirit. Then he asked him, What is your name? And he answered, saying, My name is Legion, for we are many. Verse 10. Also, he begged him earnestly that he would not send them out of the country. <laughs> so, demons too, they love some countries. Some demons love Canada. I don't know which demons love Nigeria. <laughs> anyway, that's not, that's not our story. The Bible did not even mention the name of the man. Hello, did you observe that the woman we read about in the book of John chapter 4, the Bible also didn't mention her name. Listen. You don't need to have a big name or a known name to testify. You don't. You don't. So the Bible just introduced this man and by the time Jesus healed him, listen to what Jesus told him in um, verse uh, 18. 
verse 18 of Mark chapter 5. The Bible says, And when he got into the boat, that is, Jesus had finished ministering to him, the man had regained his sanity. Then Jesus entered the boat. He who had been demon-possessed. Again, no name. They didn't mention his name. It's deliberate. He who had been demon-possessed begged him that he might be with him. However, Jesus did not permit him, but said to him, Go home to your friends. My brothers, my sisters, do you have friends? Jesus is telling you, you have seen me, you have encountered me, you have obtained deliverance, your life has been changed. Go home to your friends. Go home to your... Jesus said to him, go home to your friends and tell them what great things the Lord has done for you and how he had had compassion on you. And he departed and began to proclaim in Decapolis all that Jesus had done for him. And oh, marveled. Oh, marveled. Jesus is saying, I've done something for you. Except you are saying you did it for yourself. Hasn't the Lord been good to you? Go home to your friends. Go tell them. Go to the Decapolis, the ten cities, the ten city land. Go tell people that I've been merciful to you. I've been compassionate with you. You were the same person who nobody could touch. Even if they chained you, you will break chains like somebody breaking rope. And you could not live in a house. You were living in a tomb. Nobody could live with you because the number of demons living inside of you was so much. Nobody could come around you. Even when the demons left, they ran into 2,000 pigs and ran into the sea. Your life was so miserable, but I changed your life. What I need to, to have you do for me now is to go to your friends. Go to your friends and tell them what the Lord has done for you. We have a duty to go and tell our friends what the Lord has done for you. Are there reasons you should testify? Oh yes! You should testify because you have been mandated to testify. Hello? Tell somebody we have been mandated to testify. I can't hear you. I have been mandated to testify. Jesus speaking in Matthew chapter 28 verse 18. The Bible says, All authority in heaven and earth has been given unto me. Therefore go ye into all the nations and make disciples. Make disciples. Make disciples. We have a mandate to make disciples. Hello, how can you make disciples if you have not testified? You don't make disciples of strangers. You first bring them into the kingdom. Then you begin to train them up. That's the great commission. Triggered by the great commandment, which is to love your neighbors. If we love people, we will not want them to go to hell. By the way, brethren, heaven and hell are as real as our living world today. As the car you see, as the phone you see, heaven and hell are real like that. So if you love people truly, you will not want them to go into damnation. We have a mandate to go and reach our world for Jesus. See, the apostle in um, 1 Corinthians chapter 9, verse 16 says, For though I preach the gospel, I have nothing to glory of it. For necessity is laid on me. Yes, woe unto me if I fail to preach the gospel. It's a mandate. It's a commandment. We are duty bound to preach the gospel. To preach the gospel. It's not like I have an option. I will do it when I feel like after all, we are not all evangelists. Yes, we are not all evangelists. But we are all called to go and evangelize. People miss that up. So, in uh, the book of Ephesians chapter 4, he said he gave some prophets, apostles, 
pastors, preachers, I mean pastors, teachers, and evangelists. He said, well, he didn't give me the, the, the ministry gift of being an evangelist. You do not have to be in the office of an evangelist. You can evangelize without being in the office of an evangelist. Why? All believers have been commanded to do it. You are occupying the office of a child of God. Please do your work. Paul the Apostle was speaking to the bishop, Timothy. He was telling, he said, do the work of an evangelist. So there are some that God has given that office as evangelist. But for all of us, you are, you are new in church, you are new in faith, you are old in church, you are male or female. God said, we all have that duty. Let's go to 2 uh, Corinthians chapter 5. You will see that it's a mandate that has been given to all of us. It's a ministry that we have received of God. Second Corinthians chapter 5, I'm going to read from verse 18. Listen to what the word of God says. It's now saying, now all things are of God who has reconciled us to himself through Jesus Christ and has given us the ministry of reconciliation. He has given us a ministry. Why? What does the ministry of reconciliation mean? Read verse 19. That is, that God was in Christ reconciling the world to himself, not imputing their trespasses to them, and has committed to us the word of reconciliation. Hello? The Bible says God has committed it to us. It is now our assignment. So we have to be committed to our commitment. God has committed it to us. Say, now then, we are ambassadors for Christ. As though we were pleading through us, we implore you on Christ's behalf. That is, for Christ's sake, be reconciled to God. So this is what we have been called to do. We have a mandate to do it. If you remember, in the book of Ephesians chapter 6, from verse 10, when we was talking about put on the old armor of God. Do you remember there was something called the, the sandal? Yeah? If you go to verse 15, if you go to verse 15, it said readiness to spread the gospel of peace. So your armor as a Christian is not complete. If you have the helmet, you have the breastplate, you have the, the sword, you have the, the shield, you have the belt, but you don't have the sandal. It's not complete. How do, how do they say it uh, in NYC camp? They say you are fully kitted. As a believer, to be fully kitted means that your sandal is also there. Your sandal is representing your readiness to spread the word of God. To go and testify. If you don't spread the word of God, who will do it? Are you waiting for angels to do it? It's not the job of angels to go and preach the gospel. Read your Bible. When Jesus was born, it was a good news. What the angels did was that they came. They came as light. There was a bright light. They saw the shepherds who were guarding their sheep by night. They told the shepherds, oh, oh boy, you go to so so place. You will see a woman. You will see the baby. They went to the house and saw that uh, I mean, to the place where Jesus was and saw that. The Bible said, then the shepherds went out to proclaim the good news. The angels could have done it. It's not their job. So they told the men, men, go and encounter Jesus. When you encounter Jesus, go and tell the people that a savior has been born today. When, uh, if you read the book of, uh, I think Acts chapter 10, the Bible says Cornelius was in the house praying and an angel of the God of the Lord came to him and said, oh, your prayers and arms have been seen in heaven. So, but this was going to happen. You need to send for Peter. Peter is, was in a city called Joppa. Say, send for Peter. He will come and tell you what to do. The angel could have told you what to do. It's not the angel's business. Shh, shh, shh. The angels don't know all of the gospel. It was revealed to us, those of us that are born into the kingdom. So they don't bother doing the work they are not prepared for. 
they just come and call the servants of God who have been prepared for it. He said, go and do the work. So you and I are the servants of God who will spread the gospel, who will preach the word of God. Hello? So this is our duty, is our mandate. We are mandated to testify. It's not an option. But we are not just mandated to do it without the empowerment. We are also empowered to testify. Acts chapter 1 verse 8. The Bible says, And you shall receive power when the Holy Ghost has come upon you. And you shall be my witnesses. What do witnesses do? They testify. In Jerusalem, in Judea, in Samaria, and in the uttermost part of the earth. As a matter of fact, even before this instance, if you read uh, Matthew chapter 10, if you read from verse 7, before the power came upon them, there was a time that Jesus commissioned his disciples and said, guys, go out. Don't go everywhere yet. Just don't go to Samaria yet. Don't go to the Gentiles yet. Just go to the Lordship of Israel. Even then, he still empowered them to go with signs and what I say. Cast the devils out. Kill the sick. Do everything. I'm with you because you are empowered to go and witness. You are empowered to go and do the work. I'm not sending you on an errand that I will not back you on. I will back you up. When you go to preach the gospel, Hello, listen to me. When you go to preach Jesus, he's there backing you up with signs and wonders. Ask those who do it often. As you go out to testify, he is the real witness. He stands behind you. The Holy Ghost backing the work because he's, he's a witness to the work. He's the empowerment for the work. Little wonder we see less signs and wonders following us because we have stopped testifying. We have stopped witnessing. We have stopped going out. I challenge you today. Pick up that habit again and go out to the streets. Meet people. Testify and see what follows you. Signs and wonders follow you. Signs and wonders follow you. Of course, we are not just mandated to testify, nor empowered to testify alone. We are also honored to testify. It's an honor. It's an honor to testify. I'm going to read uh, the book of um, Isaiah. Isaiah chapter 52. I'm going to read 52 verse... uh, I think 7. Yes. Verse 7. The Bible says, How beautiful upon the mountains are the feet of him that brings good tidings, that publishes peace, that brings good tidings of good, that publishes salvation, that says unto Zion, that God reigns. The Bible says, Oh, you are honored. Your feet are so beautiful. Why? Because you are people who proclaim salvation to others. It's an honor. It's an honorable thing. In Proverbs chapter 11 verse 30, it says, He who saves a soul is wise. So in heaven, you are ranked among people like Daniel, who have wisdom. You are ranked among people like Solomon, who have wisdom, if you save souls. So it's an honorable estate. To save soul is not transplay, it's not business. The Bible says you are reputed as wise. As wise, there's a particular one I would love to read. Daniel chapter, Daniel chapter twelve. I love the way the Bible puts this one. Daniel chapter twelve, verse three. The Bible says, "And they that be wise shall shine." You know, we just read Proverbs eleven ten to describe those that are wise as those who save souls. Hmm? Those who save souls. So this is what the Bible is corroborating with this script. It says, "And they." that be wise shall shine as brightness of the firmament. Why? And they that turn many to righteousness as the stars forever and ever. So in God's eyes, you are going to shine eternally. Why? Because you prioritize the salvation of souls. 
you prioritize the salvation of souls. But someone will say, man of God, but hey, even with all these beautiful reasons, why don't people preach the gospel? Why don't people testify? Why do we have people who don't go out to the streets to look out for souls to preach the gospel to? We have many excuses. And some of the excuses I've heard, they are very funny. One excuse is, oh, I'm shy. <laughs> I'm shy, that's why I don't preach the gospel. I'm very shy. Second Timothy chapter 1 verse 7. The Bible says he has not given us the spirit of fear. Hey, but of what? Of love. Of a sound mind. Hello? Of faith. That is boldness. Be bold. Don't tell me I'm shy. That's why I'm not going to preach the gospel. If you tell me something else, maybe I will understand. Don't tell me it's because I'm shy. Why? The person we are following, do you know him? He's a lion of the tribe of Judah. The lion. Have you ever seen lion turning back from somebody before? You can't tell me I'm shy. That's why I, 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 don't, I don't evangelize. I don't preach the gospel. What are you shy about? If you talk about the gospel, what will happen to you? Try it. Nothing will happen. We have all been there. I'm shy. That's why I don't preach. That, that's why I don't preach. Some other people will say, well, the reason I don't preach is because, you know, I'm not perfect. I'm just... Uh, I've just given my life to Christ not quite long. It's just been 10 years. So I'm waiting until I'm 20 years in faith. Maybe by that time, I will be perfect. Then I will go out uh, and, um, you know, tell people about Jesus and evangelize. My brother, that your excuse is very, very weak. You are not perfect. That's why you don't want to witness. Eh, really? Excuse me. You are only called to be the witness, not to be the savior. It's the savior that is perfect, that needs to be perfect, that was born of sinless blood and lived a sinless life to qualify as the atonement for our sins. It's not the witness. You are a witness, not the Savior. Don't do the Savior's job. If you wait until you are perfect to do anything for Christ, you will not do anything. We are all work in progress. We are moving from, from one level to another. Hello? Do you remember the woman we read about uh, some minutes ago in John chapter 4? When that woman went to evangelize, when she went to testify, she had not yet changed her marital status. Do you notice that? Hello? The Bible says she left her water pot and ran into the city to go and testify. As far as the people she was talking to were concerned, this is still that adulterous woman that keep moving from one husband's house to another. She had not done change of name to say, okay, let me rectify my issues. Let me go and do retribution. Or what do they call it now? Restitution. Let me go and do restitution now. And, and go and change everything about me and wear a new look. The Bible says she ran. She didn't say, let me go home and change my clothes first. She ran to go and testify. I don't know what she was wearing. I don't know what she looked like. But she might not have been your perfect example of a preacher. Because, you know, some of us have our stereotypes. Oh, why is this man always shouting when he's preaching? Oh, why is this one always calm? We are different. And we are all work in progress. So if you wait until the day that you are perfect, you are going to wait forever. Your job is to testify. It is the job of the Holy Spirit to convict. It is the job of the, of the Lord Jesus to save. So there is division of labor in this kingdom. Mind your own job. Your job is to say, I was blind. Now I am healed. I was in the world. Now I have been translated from the kingdom of darkness into the kingdom of his son. 
My life is being transformed day by day because I've started this journey and relationship with him. See my life. I am moving forward. I may not be where I need to be yet, but I'm no longer where I used to be. That is a testimony. That is a testimony. We are vessels in his hand, earthen vessels, so that the excellency of the power will not be of us, but of him. We are frail. We are human. We are human. None of us is perfect yet, but that is not an excuse to not testify. Hello? So it is not an excuse to say it's because I'm not perfect. That's why I'm not going to evangelize. But some will say, okay, fine. My own excuse is that what if I go out there and they don't believe me? Eh, it's okay. Your job is not to get them to believe you by all means. Actually, your job is to testify. Somebody say, what do you mean? What are you talking about? What are you talking about? If you read Matthew chapter 24. Read it very well. If you get to verse 14, it says, The gospel of the kingdom will be preached in all the earth as a witness to the nations. It didn't say for all the nations of the world to be saved. Oh my God, it is our desire, our prayer, our endeavor that all men will come to be saved. But the reality is that we cannot force anyone to be saved. Salvation is a personal decision. Our job is to preach. If they do not believe you, Jesus preached to some people they didn't believe him. Hello? There were people who saw Jesus walk through the dusty roads of Jerusalem, of Nazareth, of Capernaum, as he was preaching from city to city, and they did not believe him. They said, crucify him. There were people who did not believe the apostles. Who are you to say they must believe you all the time? There will be people you will preach to that will believe. Glory to God. There will be people you will preach to they will not believe. Like the Samaritan woman. She preached. Some believed. Some did not believe. Some said, I just want to go and look. I don't agree yet. I want to go and look. So, see the work of evangelism as you are sowing seeds. Hello? You are sowing seeds. Sow your seed in people's hearts. Sow like a skillful and um, an intentional farmer. Hoping to get a result. But know that you are not in control of the result. Hello? First Corinthians chapter 3 verses. It says, I, Paul, I, I plant. Apollos, what else? God gives the increase. So it is not your part to actually bring the increase. The word of God you take out as a witness is a seed. There will be other servants of God that will be sowing different, different seeds or watering the seed that have come. Hello, when you preach to people, you, you know sometimes they don't get born again immediately. Sometimes it takes years. Sometimes you are praying for the salvation of some people and it takes years before they come. Those words that have been deposited, they are not wasted. They are seeds. They keep watering them. You have preached to somebody today. They didn't believe you. Tomorrow, another person preaches to them. They are reinforcing that message. They go somewhere. They listen to a message. They go somewhere on Facebook. They see a message. They go somewhere on Instagram. They see the same message. Those seeds are being watered. One day, God will cause an increase. If the heart of that man is right. Because it's with the heart, man believes. And with the mouth, he confesses. Hello, that's the equation. Go to Romans chapter 10. That's the equation. So God is working on their hearts as you are sowing the seed into those hearts. So they don't have to believe you right away. Keep sowing the seed. Don't stop. Don't be discouraged. Keep putting the seed out there. And God, the one who brings increase, will bring increase at the right time. At the right time. Other people will say, my excuse is that, well, I don't know how to preach. I don't know how you do it, Pastor Jenkins. You seem to have a preacher's voice. I don't know how to preach. I can't shout. You know, I can't do this. Oh, yes. Not all of us will be called to scream. 
to shout to to do traditional evangelism like we are doing or like we do in our daily lives but all of us are empowered listen that's where we started from we are not only mandated but we are empowered to preach so what does that mean that means there must be practical ways in which god has equipped us to still testify are you with me so listen let's go to the practical ways how can i testify even though i don't have a preacher's voice what can i do to testify to evangelize to bring others into this army i have enlisted i have enrolled but i need others to come and enroll because jesus wants it so what can i do to make it happen on my part given my excuses and deficiencies number one thing you know what jesus told the man in that mark chapter 5 the man um, at the city of the gatherings he said go to your friends go to your friends and tell them what the lord has done do you remember us reading that today go to your friends today the definition of friendship has changed we have more friends on social media than we, than we have in real life hello are you listening to me may the lord grant you understanding jesus told the man after he had had an encounter with him a transformational encounter jesus told him he said go to your friends and tell them what the lord has done for you permit me to read that again go to your friends mark chapter 5 go to your friends bible says go home to your friends and tell them what great things the lord has done for you and how he had compassion on you the bible says and he departed and began to proclaim in decapolis all that jesus had done for him and all marveled listen the bible said he proclaimed this is the language of social media today to broadcast to share to retweet to regram that is a proclamation and your friends that jesus is asking you to go to many of those friends are now online they are your friends on facebook they are your followers on instagram they are your followers on twitter they are your friends on whatever other platform you use whether it's um which one do they use these days uh tiktok they are your friends everywhere i don't know what name they call them but it's all about a connection they are your friends on linkedin they are your connections on linkedin say go to them and tell them what great things the lord has done for you these things are not difficult oh yes you don't have a preacher's voice but you can retweet please retweet as you are retweeting the message of somebody who is preaching you are spreading the gospel hello as you are you are making a comment you are liking it you are sharing it you are putting now there you are using it on your status on your facebook status on your whatsapp status you pick a one minute message you are doing the work of an evangelist that is evangelism redefined evangelism is not until you carry a microphone or you carry a bell or you go to the street corners the street corners have become digital corners in our age and time and you don't need to speak there are those that god will use to speak your job is to proclaim what they are speaking don't be shy so if you say you are shy and you can't do that your problem is not being shy your problem is shame and romans chapter 1 verse 16 says for i am not ashamed of the gospel so being shy is not an excuse yet except you are telling me you are ashamed of the gospel on your timelines you don't want to be seen as a christian you don't want to be identified as a christian that's why you cannot share it because this will remove the excuse practically 
about your inability to preach. You can preach by sharing gospel content. And there are tons and tons of content coming out weekly. A flyer, an excerpt from a message, a short video clip from a message, an entire uh, service series, sharing the link is a practical way of testifying to others or spreading the gospel of the kingdom. At other times, what we need to do is simple. It's actually to identify people who we know to be unsaved and pray for them and pray with them and call them and say, my brother, my sister, even though I don't know how to preach, but I'm praying for you that you will be saved and you actually pray for them. You are testifying. Even though your words are few, you are testifying. Even though you are stuttering, you are testifying. Because one day, wait for it, power will come from on high and enable you to go out there and speak. And speak. I I, 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 I listened to a documentary about speak. We, we what? I don't have enough time to share all about it. But I know there was a time in his life that he could not stand at the street corner to preach. Because it was a stutterer. But one day he went to a meeting and power came on him. And he came home and told his wife, on Sunday I'm preaching. And she was wondering, what has come over this one? What has come over this one? And when he went out on that following Sunday to preach, there was a massive change between the Smith Wiggles, what they knew before that meeting, and the one they saw on the altar. Everybody rushed out and said, this thing you've got, we want it too. So develop it in the place of prayer. Start by praying for the souls of those who are not yet saved. A burden will come on you. The word will be supplied through your mouth as you go out to share. It's not by many words. It's by the words that the Lord has empowered. But begin it from a place of prayer. The next practical way that you can make uh, an impact in the area of testifying is by contributing your quota. Contributing your quota to evangelistic and uh, missionary outreaches. What do I mean? Oh, you say I'm a student. I'm a worker. Uh, I'm just out of school. I don't have money. I'm not talking about money alone. Yes, if you do have money, why not? You can you can uh, donate towards missionary work, towards reaching souls, towards outreach programs. But there are many other things you have. You have skill. You can build applications. You can translate from one language to another. Do you know there are many people living in villages that do not speak English? And they need to hear the gospel too. Can you help translate? That is a contribution. Do you know how to draw? Can you use digitals to depict the gospel? That is preaching. You know how to speak. You can use your drawing. You can use your video, video editing skills. You can use your graphic design skills to preach the gospel. You can. It's a contribution. Not everybody will use their mouth to do it. Last but not the least, with your life, you can testify. And for me, this is actually one of the most powerful ways. Oh yes, there is a necessity to speak. And the Bible is very, very clear on that. But beyond speaking, our lifestyle must not negate what our loudspeaker is saying. Hey, what can be more confusing than that? You come today and say, Jesus is this, Jesus is that. But they look at your life. You are living like you are working in active service for the devil. You get people confused. So our lives can testify. And that's what second meaning we read about the verb testify. That you are an embodiment of proof that something is the case. So when we talk about the gospel of the kingdom, your life must embody it. Your way of life must support it. It must support the work of people who are on the fields. Some people will choose to be believers because they see some other people. Meanwhile, some other people will choose never to be believers because they see some believers, some so-called believers. 
and say, if this is what it means to be a believer, then I will have nothing of it. Let your life be a positive contribution towards the work that others are doing on the field. We have been called to testify. We have been mandated to testify. We have been empowered to testify. And we know that it is honorable to testify. What are you waiting for? The street is full of people that are roaming freely but roaming to hell. And we do nothing about it. And we all sit and complain. Oh, look at so much indecency in the world. Look at how many Yahoo Yahoo boys we have. Look at man, how many prostitutes we have in uh Lere, in Allen Avenue, in other places. Look at how corruption has devastated our nation. God has not called us to complain. He has called us to testify. That little testimony of yours may be what one sinner is waiting for to become a saint. God is counting on you. He's counting on him. Don't be satisfied that you have enrolled, that your name is in the book of life. But the names of your family members are not in the book of life. The names of people you call friends are not in the book of life. The names of the people you call neighbors, you call colleagues, you call classmates. The names of people you call church members are not in the book of life. And you are not bothered. Today, this clarion call is coming to you. Say, arise for the salvation of others. Those of you who have been saved, don't sit comfortable. Arise for the salvation of others. If they didn't come to us, we too would not be saved. Some people risked their lives. They crossed oceans. They abandoned their water pots. They abandoned their careers to come to Africa to reach us. What would you do for Jesus? Will you sit there where Jesus is being torn apart in the court of social media and you do nothing because you don't want to identify with Jesus? You have a testimony, but you cannot step out and say, My Lord, that is not the case. This Jesus is the Son of God. This Jesus is good. I have tested and seen that it is good. Will you sit there idle? Or will you do something about it? Today is the day I need you to make a commitment. To make up your mind. To say this year, as part of my goals for this year, I want to be able to reach at least... 10 people for Jesus, to follow them up, to wait on God in prayer for the salvation of these 10 people. Because it is a honorable thing. The Bible says those who do that, they have a record in heaven as being wise. They will shine as light, as stars forever. Forever. He said their feet are beautiful. They are beautiful. Don't go to heaven alone. There's a lot of people out there that we can influence for Jesus. The question is, will you testify to them? Will you testify? Bow your, your hearts, bow your heads, and let us pray. Let us pray that the Lord will empower us. That the Lord will give us grace. Pray for yourself. Pray for yourself that the Lord will give you a renewed burden. A renewed burden to go and testify. Just like when we come across something interesting, something like a big jackpot in our everyday life. We feel compelled, we feel excited enough to go and tell others about it and say, oh, have you heard about the fastest way to go to Canada? A cheap way. Why? Because we think it is valuable to go to Canada. And it is good. But do we feel the same way about sharing the gospel? Ask that the Lord will give you a renewed burden for telling the world about him. If you are the shy type, if you are the one who is not bold, ask God to give you boldness 
it's okay to ask for boldness so that you can decree and declare the word of God so that you can go out there and testify about Jesus and not be ashamed to say I stand for Jesus I stand for Jesus I stand for Jesus Lord we bless your name for today's word we pray as we make these commitments that you help us this year as we go after souls for the kingdom as we get our people to come and enroll for Christ's sake Lord help us in the name of Jesus Christ Lord God be glorified as we do our work what you said will back us up signs and wonders let it follow us that indeed the word we know that you sent us that we didn't send ourselves in the name of Jesus blessed be your holy name O Lord in Jesus mighty name we have prayed amen God bless you if you have been part of this message we encourage you to be part of us next week same time next week We'll be coming on with the next topic in the series. The next topic is to fight. Paul said, fight the good fight of faith. There is a need for us to contend for the faith that was handed to us. The faith that was handed to us cost some men their blood. It cost them their ambitions. It cost them their, their dignity. We must fight and contend for the faith. Join us same time next week and listen to the announcements coming up right after now. God bless you and keep you. In Jesus' name. Thank you for listening. To get copies of messages, kindly visit our ministry material store and also worship with us at Foundation of Truth Assembly Headquarters on 40 Stroke 42 Imam Dowder Street off Eric Mosso, Lagos. God bless you.